0: Welcome to the Obey Podcast, where we see through mainstream narrative. No propaganda, no bullshit, just the truth. And now, here's your host, Matthew Keck. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of The Obey Podcast. So today we're going to do something a little different. Instead of talking about an article I read in the news or something I heard on the radio or something like that, I'm going to talk about a movie I saw and a movie that was pretty big last year and it's currently showing in movie theaters. If there are any movie theaters open around where you're at, and that is the movie Promising Young Woman so this movie has a lot of hype around it um i've seen a lot of end of the year movie of the year type lists and i was going to a optimistic um I, I will preface this by saying i'm not going to give a lot of specific spoilers but i am going to spoil a lot about the movie in general um so so you're, you've been warned if you're planning on watching this movie you might want to skip this episode but I went in with an open mind. I saw the trailer for the movie, and if you're not familiar with the movie, the trailer kind of gives away that there is a woman who, um, for whatever reason, uh, stands up to men who are predatory. So she goes to bars, pretends to be drunk, and then when men attempt to take advantage of her, she, um, you know, tells them off or or does something that's really unclear. So so this kind of plays into a lot of, I mean, in the last forty years, there's but then a lot of exploitation films that are like rape revenge films. So like The Last House on the left and I Spit on Your Grave are two really famous ones. So so maybe something like that, but more modern. So I went into it with a kind of open mind because of all the overwhelming praise it has. It has around a ninety two percent score on Rotten Tomato, if I remember correctly. It's at least in the it's at least ninety per cent. And I, I expected something. Um but I, I wasn't a big fan of the movie. <laughs> and and a lot of the praise has been because it's been like a... Uh, I guess people would refer to it as a timely mo- movie or a movie of the moment. Or like a movie that, that really resonates with the culture right now. And all that's to really say that it is uh, the epitome of, I guess, the Me Too movement type um, type f- feelings, right? It, 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 it kind of embodies the ethos of the very, very strong proponent of the Me Too movement. So... um. An example of, I, I guess, what's going on in the movie is it, it kind of opens with a scene where some guys are talking at a bar, and they're they're saying a lot of tropes that are kind of sexist things men would stereotypically say if they were talking about business and they were talking about, I guess, how they're not allowed to say certain things in the office anymore and how unfair it is. They're kind of acting like victims, and they see the, 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 the presumably drunk girl. And then it kind of sets up the whole situation where all these nice guys try to help her, But then they end up, you know, wanting to sleep with her, even though she's clearly drunk. So a lot of this plays into um, a lot of these guys, even guys who are supposed to be nice, end up being predators. It plays into a lot of that mentality. And then not not to give away the plot, but there's like an event that happened in the past and she is kind of getting revenge on it. Although to a much lesser extent than those other movies that I mentioned, like I Spit on Your Grave. Um, that she she isn't brutally murdering people that, that you know assaulted her. She's more getting back at people who were in the process. Um, and and it really is um, a cringe-inducing movie to watch because it paints these stock characters as like the straw man, um, prototypical people who you you'd imagine would be like the worst men's rights activists you could possibly imagine. Though those stock characters are ever present. Then when she um, confronts certain people, they give like the lowest uh, level of talking points in defense of, I guess, men who would be accused of sexual assault. So you could have people make coherent arguments about like why in general justice systems should operate under innocent until proven guilty. But in this movie, when a uh, character who's, you know, one of the people she's getting revenged on um, says the same thing, it's kind of framed as if, oh, of course you would say that because that defends the patriarchy or or, or something like that. So it it really strawmans a lot of the arguments that, like, say, Christina Hoff Summers would make or a lot of the people who have broken down how the kangaroo courts work on a lot of campuses now. Um, A lot of arguments they would make about how people can easily get screwed over, um, the, 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 those are essentially straw manned and, and dismissed and kind of painted as the whole system is evil and um everybody is a predator and anybody is potentially going to attack you next then um i think one of the reasons why this movie's so hard to watch if you don't fall in line is not only are these people straw men and often like the most obtuse stock characters but but the the main character although you gotta and, and, and I, I read a review of this movie um, in the in National Review by Ross Duthat. And I'm not the biggest fan of him. I, I read his recent book. But he did, I think, kind of nailed this movie a little bit. Where he kind of points out, that he, he gives the benefit of the doubt to the um to, to, to the writer. Because the main character is clearly mentally unstable. And you are supposed to not necessarily fully be behind what she's doing. But that doesn't mean this movie has any nuance. Because all the characters that she's... um you know, seen as against her, are the most over-the-top stock characters possible that are the generic enemy frat boy or the, the generic person defending the patriarchy, and they say, like, the most low-hanging fruit-like type arguments that you'd only see if somebody was going to mischaracterize those positions on Twitter. Um, so, of course, uh, every moment in the movie where she's confronting somebody is, like, a, a cringe-inducing truth-to-power moment where uh, there are clearly power dynamics at play, and then the main character gets to make the person squirm. So it's like this really, it's um, its this basic thing that you see where it's like, ha ha ha, you have a superiority complex, but if only somebody would stand up to you, you're truly a weakling, you're truly a person who whines, and you're really secretly insecure and pathetic. And this is kind of a trope you see all the time. Um, especially when when it comes to like feminist critiquing things like patriarchy or what they perceive as patriarchy, <laughs> so that uh, that's what a lot of scenes in this movie are. And, and in the very beginning of the movie, is the credits roll, there's a part where she's walking home after a night out, and she um gets Kat called by construction workers, and then all she does is essentially stare at the construction workers, and then they cower and run away from her because they're intimidated. And that, I think that really sums up the movie, where everything is just really, oh, everybody's a predator, and all these people are secretly insecure, and they have no true power, and all it does is take people to... St- if you just stand up to them, they'll, they'll, they'll crumble. But it tries to balance that with the idea of the that the system is so unbearably corrupt and so skewed against women that there really isn't much hope um so it, it's trying to walk that line which, which is just really i, I don't want to say interesting because that gives it too much credit it, it just balances the narrative of they are secretly weak but we're also still the victims of the system um yeah so overall though I would just say this movie is in my mind bad propaganda. it it takes this narrative that is a a nuanced topic to say the least because there are so many variables at play and it truly is a case-by-case situation and there are reasons to err on the side of innocence until proven guilty yet this movie takes like a very specific scenario which the movie you know the writer of the movie gets to create so of course it's sympathetic to the, the, the woman's side um and then it paints everybody else in the worst light humanly possible, just so it could make its point and seem to try to draw narratives out of a made-up example, which really um, isn't isn't good propaganda under any type of examination. I, I guess the concern is people who are watching this movie a lot of times, like movie critics or people of the left, or people who are, you know, kind of. Pur- purveyors of that cultural attitude that all women are victims and all women are constantly surrounded by predators at all time. People of those attitudes are just going to be reaffirmed by this movie, and I, I think the reason why it's just so problematic is it, it, it puts people in a tight uh, in a tight position because I'm sitting here, and clearly. In in the real world, everything is far more nuanced. There are people who are clearly evil. There are women who clearly get taken advantage of. And then there are a lot of really bad he said, she said scenarios where there isn't evidence, but you'd love to throw the guy in the cage because he is guilty, but it's hard to prove it. And that happens in all sorts of, you know, physical violent crimes. You don't have ways to tie people to an event, but they are guilty, but they get off with it because you couldn't prove it. So it is really messed up. But... Unfortunately, that doesn't mean that the stock character universe where everybody's every nice guy is secretly a predator is true. (laughs) So you so 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 by critiquing this movie, though, you have to sound like the bad guy when there are predators out there. And I'm the first to acknowledge it. The issue is the movie paints the world that, that 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 lines up with the narrative and that narrative isn't true. Um, and that, uh, that's one of, like, the true true failings of the movie. And the movie is intending to push that narrative. It seems really obvious when there are all these scenes where she stands up to the dean of the school that, that failed to properly investigate the case that, um, you know, historically happened in the movie. Um, she, she, that whole scene is just a, oh, she's, um, you know, she's putting that person in their place. She's, ma- the main character's making the bad guy squirm. And look how bad the bad guy's arguments are. that's um, clearly unjust. So it's just completely, there's nothing to be taken from this movie that is any way convincing. It's just going to reaffirm what people think. And if you go into this movie against that narrative and not partial to it and have followed these events, especially as they've gained in notoriety for like the last decade, and if you fall on the other side of the issue that there are kangaroo courts on college campuses and a lot of people of both genders have been victimized by the, the, the current way things play out, and then you're going to think this movie is absolutely ridiculous and that it's um, clearly propaganda. Um, so, so so, so, that, that that's in general what, what I would say about it. Um, it's hard to imagine that this movie has such overwhelmingly positive reviews because of the quality of the movie itself. Um, uh, it, it's hard to take the messaging out of the movie, but, other, but once I removed the messaging from it, I still didn't think it was a particularly amazing picture that was worthy of all types of praise um i just thought it. otherwise it was okay but it's predominantly meant to push an agenda and that that agenda was pushed both ine- ineffectively in an almost dishonest way and um well it, it's just it, it just gives a really bad example you know it's a straw man so i i i wouldn't recommend the movie but i know a lot of people are going to be talking about this movie for probably a couple of years because it's one of those movies that is so timely um there were a couple other broader takeaways I wanted to mention when it comes to talking about film and how it relates to culture. So so to some extent, there's that famous Andrew Breit- Breitbart quote, which is, uh, politics is downstream from culture. So things that start happening in politics happen because the people kind of demand it. And how do the people start demanding things? Well, a lot of that comes through things like entertainment programming. But with that said, I mean, th- th- this movie is downstream from the popular sentiment of the last two years. So sometimes it's hard to tell if it's the dog shaking its tail or the, you know, the, the, the whole which one's the cause and which one's the reaction. But I will say, regardless, it's still a concerning sign that this movie's pushed out there to mostly universal praise um, because it's a movie that's clearly one-sided, clearly unnuanced, and agenda-driven. And seeing something like that get overwhelmingly support overwhelming support is concerning um okay the 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 other thing i want to mention is a lot of movies that are end up being about social issues to to some extent people will say that art is things that make you think about life um but i i'm starting to come to the conclusion that political art is really just propaganda and how good it is to some extent is how much you agree with the propaganda that's being pushed the, the the personal example I'll give is there was this movie that came out last year called Yellow Rose that I was actually a very big fan of, and it's about a, a teenager who is here in the United States illegally in Texas, and she's a big fan of country music. her her mother gets deported, but she stays in the United States and she is uh, w- she's working hard, but she's also pursuing her, her her um you know infatuation with country music, and it's just a really good story and it ends up being kind of about how the government's policies are really dehumanizing, and there are these people who are acting peacefully, but they're getting deported, and it ruins people's lives, and it rips families apart. But it's also like a a sweet coming-of-age story that, that, that coincides with all that. And I thought that movie was actually pretty good, but with that said, it's propaganda I agree with. I think people should have the freedom to associate with other people, and I think property should really be private property. So I don't see why the government should have anything to say about the property I own. So if somebody owns a hotel, and they want somebody from Mexico to work at their hotel, and they give that person boarding in their complex, I don't really think the government has any right to deport that person. Because it's two, you know, free individuals having a peaceful transaction, but the government's stepping in and criminalizing it. So I, I saw this as, look, the government's intruding on a peaceful interaction um, and then, you know, violently separating them, which in turn ruins people's lives. So I thought this was a good piece, but I also it also lines up with my political priors. <laughs> so it, it, it's a tricky walk. Um, it's, a tr- it's a tricky line to walk. And it, it makes me come to the conclusion that in the end, a lot of these movies that are about timely issues are really just going to reaffirm biases. So that raises the question, is that a good thing, is that a bad thing, or is it worthwhile at all if it's not really going to be changing people's minds? Because I do have a hard time, no matter how much I enjoyed Yellow Rose, thinking that somebody who's a border hardliner, thinking, well, you know, the the mom shouldn't have brought her kid there. She knew the rules. And I think that's going to happen regardless. I don't think it's going to change hearts and minds. So in the end, I think what a lot of these movies do is they really just polarize people. I think what ends up happening is the people who are already in line with those movies watch that movie and they feel more validated w- w- with their views and that, that drives more um, disdain towards people who oppose those views. So if somebody is very much in line with the view that women are systematically oppressed and they go see a promising young woman and then they, it reaffirms everything in like a very you know, plotted way about how the, the, these women like uh, did not get justice – then they're going to think, okay, how can anybody, like, think this system is fair? This was a person who was clearly in the right getting screwed, and it ruined their lives. Um, and, it, and it can just serve as an example. And even though that opinion's not very nuanced, it's going to drive negative animosity towards the other people. And that, that's how I felt when I saw Yellow Rose. It's like, hey, look, although this is fictional, it's a family getting ruined by the government's intervention um by how they enforce their borders and it's like wow isn't that wrong and it's hard to uh resonate with opposing people on the issues when when you see this movie so so in the end even though i didn't like the movie promising young woman I, as you might know if you've listened to past episodes of the show i'm very pro-political pol- polarization i think that the more that people think all republicans are racist. Like, I think that that drives us towards the only logical conclusion to where the government's going or where governance is going. And it's that people who have nothing in common should not be legislating over each other. So the more we get polarized and the more disdain we have with people who disagree with us, the less democracy makes sense. The more unfair our system inherently is, because there's no reason why people who, you know, want you, they either want you dead or they want you to submit, there's no reason why those people should be able to vote in people to dominate you. That, that's just such an um, existential risk to your livelihood, <laughs> you know? So, although I thought that movie, Promising Young Woman, was abysmal. Like, I, I don't know if I could get through that movie again, and that was probably my least favorite movie of 2020. And I watch a lot of movies, and I watch a lot of bad movies. Um, I still think... In the end, I I think I can confidently say I don't want unity. I don't want unity with the people who make Promising Young Woman. It's really easy for me to see that film and think these people live in an alternate universe, and everything they believe is a carefully constructed narrative by the media over the last few years. And the narrative they believe isn't true, and I don't think people like that should be able to dominate me or anybody for that matter. And as soon as we start, we, we stop craving unity and we stop craving consensus. And then we just admit like, hey, you and I don't share values. <laughs> you, you want people like me dominated because we're just different. And you are willing to use the ring of power to make me submit and steal my things and use them for your agenda. You're a bad person. So we need to throw that ring into the into the volcano. So uh, the, the, the way we get progress is understanding that sooner or later. And polarization should just makes that conclusion more and more logical. So I'm going to keep hammering that home more and more. So, 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 so the takeaway from this one is that you shouldn't see promising young woman. It's an abysmal piece of propaganda for the Me, Me Too movement that has zero nuance. It paints everybody, every male out there, any nice guy, to be similar to Harvey Weinstein to some extent, and that all all women are um, very easily capable of being victimized because society is rigged against them. And although there are obviously elements that are true, and the scenario in the movie could happen, it does, somebody can make the alternate universe movie. <laughs> they can make the alternate universe movie tomorrow, where a guy is unfairly um, kicked out of college and has is ruined for life by a um, accusation that is a lie. You know, because there are kangaroo courts where if a girl lies and you know the the process plays out, a dude's livelihood could get ruined with no evidence. So somebody could make the alternate universe movie of of um, Promising Young Woman tomorrow, but it, it wouldn't be accepted by the people who you know monitor well, what movies get made, stuff like that, because it's not from the leftist agenda. But but, but the point I'm making is, given our state of the world, you could make both Promising Young Woman and that bizarre world for version, and they'd both be partially true, because it's a nuanced situation. But in the end making these highly skewed partisan movies moves us towards polarization. And if you think the state is evil and you think our democracy is illegitimate, then you should be okay with that. <laughs> but but it does it should make you reevaluate what people have to say if they tell you it's a good picture and if they are people who tend to agree with the message of the film. So that that's my consideration for, for today. Um, I hope you got some utility out of that movie review. Um, it, it was somewhat a mo- movie reveal, somewhat... Uh, a cultural analysis I guess in the context of the movie review. Um and when I do see relevant movies, I might talk about that more in the future, but it it really doesn't come up that often. I've seen dozens and dozens of movies in the movie theater over the last few years despite coronavirus, and very few have been culturally timely in the way that this movie has been uh, allegedly culturally timely. So so with that said, um I'm going to sign off. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Feel free to check out the backlog. And I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of The Obey Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcatcher or share the podcast with a friend. You can find out more information about The Obey Podcast at anchor.fm slash Podcast. Or on Twitter at The Obey Podcast. Until next time. Next time.